0: Sunshine, 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 sunshine. Hey. Well, it is a beautiful sunny day today, and a historic day at that, with the inauguration of Joe Biden as the 46th president. But we're focusing on the history that's been made over the last week here in Springfield on today's edition of Full Disclosure. David Grising is the president and CEO of the Better Government Association. David, welcome. Happy Inauguration Day. Thanks for taking the time as always.
1: You too, Jim. Happy Inauguration Day.
0: Well, let's get right into the discussion here, uh, starting with the fact that we have a new Speaker of the House in Illinois. Uh, When we talked a week ago, uh, it looked pretty clear that Chris Welch was going to line up the votes. There was uh, a little bit of give and take back and forth, went down to the wire. But ultimately, uh, we have the first black speaker in Illinois history and the first new Democratic speaker in nearly 40 years. Uh, Chris Welch comes in. as a, a Madigan loyalist, but also with a reputation of being his own man. So, David, does anything really change at the Illinois Capitol with the new speaker at the helm?
1: Well, we, we have to wait and see. Uh, but his initial comment, he talked about uh, – presiding over the drawing of a fair electoral map. And he also talked about term limits for the speaker of no more than 10 years. Both of those were issues on which Speaker Madigan for many years had refused to give any ground. Madigan controlled the drawing of a badly gerrymandered electoral map. And Madigan, of course, was going to listen to nothing about term limits. So that was a good sign. But of course, uh, here we are in Illinois. It's kind of like, let's wait to see if he delivers on that. Uh, his record as a legislator has been fairly progressive. Uh, he has, he stood up uh, and apparently earned a lot of loyalty from rank-and-file members a few years ago when Leslie Munger, the then comptroller under Governor Bruce Rauner, had withheld payments uh, to lawmakers during the budget impasse, and he stood up and sued for that. He was the named plaintiff in that lawsuit. So that's something that he did that first put him on the map after first joining the the, uh, General Assembly some years ago.
0: Yeah, that was a really interesting moment. Uh, Legally, uh, of course, they were correct. Politically, it was a real gamble to be willing to be a plaintiff and demand that lawmakers get paid. But as you noted, uh, other lawmakers remember that he went to bat for them. Also, what we hear from behind the scenes is that Chris Welch uh, went out of his way to let people know that it wouldn't be the same sort of iron-fisted grip that Mike Madigan had held for all these decades, uh, where lawmakers were limited in the number of bills they could pursue. They were steered away from legislation legislation that might be considered too controversial. Uh, Chris Welch indicating, you know, and it's easy to do so uh, ahead of time. It's a little harder to put it into practice, but indicating uh, that he will let lawmakers be uh, a bit more autonomous uh, in uh, in the legislation they pursue. Uh, but but David, obviously nobody uh, seeks this kind of power uh, in, and grabs onto it uh, only to, uh, to to give it up. So uh, it is an open question as to whether uh, the new speaker will be willing Willing to let lawmakers sort of uh, be themselves and whether he will be willing to uh, to really draw a map that leaves it more up to the voters rather than the politicians to decide how these races are determined.
1: Yes, the drawing of the electoral map will be a key measuring stick of of, uh, just how open and responsive he plans to be to be resident to residents across the state. And you're making reference to rules that that Mike Madigan used for many years to control everything that happened in Springfield. His backers always said, oh, it's unfair to Madigan that everybody's kind of uh, saying that he is responsible for everything that happened in Springfield. Well, he designed it that way. And there's been some talk from Welch about possibly loosening the rules uh, to exert less control over the day-to-day process of lawmaking in the General Assembly, in the House in particular. Uh, if he actually does that, that, would, that also would be sort of a quiet revolution. Uh, some criticize people who focus on the process of lawmaking in Springfield, but that is an important part of what goes on down there. And so if he gives up control of the calendar, if he, uh, if he allows bills to move out of committee, for example, uh, with a simple majority vote of the committee, uh, as opposed to uh, needing his personal stamp on everything that moves in the legislature. If, law, if bills passed uh, before the last two weeks of the session in that crazy flurry of unaccountable lawmaking that we are accustomed to seeing, those also would be good signs, and we'll be on the lookout for that from Speaker Welch as well.
0: Well, we've got that big change in the Illinois House. We've also got kind of a shakeup going on in the Illinois Senate. A lot of institutional knowledge leaving all at once. The former Senate Republican leader, Bill Brady, uh, left the uh, the Senate late last month. State Senator Andy Menard's resignation became official over the weekend. And yesterday, uh, another top Democrat, Heather Staines, announced that she is also leaving the Illinois Senate. Uh, that's a, a lot of big names uh, all gone in, in fairly short order there. And, David, it, it leaves people wondering what exactly is going On in the Senate? Why are so many of these senators bailing out? And with so much upheaval in both chambers, what does that mean in terms of actually getting things done this spring?
1: Well, that's a good question, because let's not forget, too, that Senator Don Harmon, the Senate president, is also fairly new into his job and hasn't yet established a clear track record that he can push legislation, push difficult legislation through. And there will be difficult legislation this term. Uh, we, of course, saw a lot of action on the, the Legislative Black Caucus agenda uh, during the uh, Lane duck session, But there's more work to be done even there. And of course, the state's huge and intractable fiscal problems will need to be addressed. And so when you lose leadership, the likes of which uh, we're seeing, Bill Brady is. Uh, the leader of the loyal opposition in the House, but uh, Senator Andy Minar, who's going to work for Governor Pritzker, and, of course, Heather Staines, who was a leading voice in sort of the progressive caucus of the Senate. That is some important leadership. Those are names that anybody who's following Illinois uh, politics uh, have been familiar with, and uh, that that does create a vacuum. And, uh, and you know, uh, 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 Representative Kelly Cassidy has indicated an interest in filling Heather Staines's spot. Uh, That would be kind of like replaced with like, but it also would create a a lack of leadership in the House side because Callie Cassidy has been a leader, uh, along with Heather Staines, on issues like cannabis and women's uh, reproductive rights, etc. So these are some important losses and worth noting.
0: You know, and David, you make a really good point, too. Uh, three of the four legislative leaders now will have been in their posts for less than two years as this session gets underway. Jim Durkin is kind of the, uh, uh, the grizzled old veteran of that group, and Governor J.B. Pritzker only a couple of years into his administration as well. On, on one hand, that could be a good thing. They're not as tied to the old ways of doing things. We might see some innovation there. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we could have a little bit of paralysis as everybody tries to get a feel for their new jobs and uh, and figure out exactly how to move things forward. And as you noted, we have a lot of tremendously complex issues, very few of which got resolved uh, in the waning days of the last legislative session. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Welcome back to Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. Every Wednesday morning, President and CEO David Greising joins us to talk about what's happening here in Illinois politics, how it impacts you, and how the BGA is working to shine a light on all of that. David. It, of course, uh, we saw what we usually see in the waning days of a legislative session last week, uh, bills that got passed in the dead of night, uh, huge pieces of legislation uh, that uh, you know nobody can, can hope to read. Uh, one particular bone of contention, that policing reform bill uh, that was passed uh, very late in the session one week ago. Law enforcement agencies very upset about the process of it. Supporters of the bill defend it and say uh, everything that was in there was talked about over months of hearings and yes uh, the legislation was all uh, abruptly moved into a different bill number at the last minute and there were some changes to it but they say there was nothing that got approved that hadn't already been talked about and debated Uh, but this is uh, again an ongoing uh, issue and how how the sausage gets made uh, under the capitol dome in springfield and it uh, it does leave some lingering bad blood
1: Well, it does. And if you look back at, for example, the gambling bill that passed last spring and left a real mess in its wake, um, that's the sort of thing that that can happen here. Uh, There is a fair point to be made that these— uh, the Legislative Black Caucus agenda, the four pillars covering criminal justice, education, economic opportunity, and health, uh, really did receive quite a bit of discussion during the fall, even though the legislature wasn't formally meeting. The criminal justice aspect especially uh, got attention, and that's the one that uh, probably is the most significant change. It, and the, what passed ends cash bail. There's also a police certification program that had been pushed by Attorney General General. The portion that was dropped is also very important, and that is an end to limited immunity for cops on the beat. And this was the real sticking point of law enforcement across the state. This was the provision that upset them the most uh, because of a, out of a belief that police officers would become subject to civil liability for actions they took in good faith while on the beat. And that provision was was eliminated. So um it's uh, you know it's an important change, and uh, the debate continues over how to address inequities uh, across the board in Illinois.
0: Uh, at, at the same time, one thing that didn't happen uh, last week in the waning hours was a uh, another attempt to pass legislation sought by Governor J.B. Pritzker to decouple Illinois from federal tax law as it pertains to uh, tax relief measures uh, that were enacted as part of the CARES Act, measures that could cost Illinois uh, between a half billion and a billion dollars in revenue for a state that's already battling a multi-billion dollar budget hole. Uh, But, David, uh, today a new president is sworn in who has indicated he is much more amenable to the notion of direct aid to state and local governments for their pandemic uh, expenses, something that Donald Trump uh, resisted uh, vigorously and and therefore it wasn't part of previous, uh, at least the the most recent, uh, relief package here. So is, is the cavalry coming? Is help on the way for
1: Illinois? Well, let's see how effective uh President Biden soon to be president within hours to be President Biden is in pushing through this legislation. There's a lot of support for it and he will have a democratic majority now a very slim one in the Senate. Uh he in, as part of this 1.9 trillion dollar uh rescue package, uh 350 billion of it is earmarked for uh, state and local governments. There are also good signs as regards his cabinet. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, the former South Bend mayor, uh, as transportation secretary, that's a big deal in Illinois, where a lot of money is spent, a lot of federal money is spent on transportation. And there should be more help to come as regards to uh, COVID response, a lot of spending on COVID response that Exceeds this $350 billion would come in addition to the uh, uh, projected $350 billion, really just to address revenue losses, is the main thrust of that $350 billion proposal. So there could be help along the way. There has been pushback, especially from Republicans uh, in Congress with regard to the lavish amount of spending. But at the same time, the need is evident. Janet Yellen, the fir- former Federal Reserve chair, is now. Uh, Uh, President uh, Bush—President Biden's uh, Treasury Secretary, and she has called for aggressive spending, especially since interest rates are so low, the need is so great, and with interest rates low, there's a feeling that the government borrowing that needs to be done in order to fund this package uh, can be afforded.
0: There, there is no doubt that even if help is forthcoming, it will not be enough to close Illinois' budget hole on its own. Uh, so there are some really difficult choices facing the General Assembly in this coming session. Uh, David, from your perspective, what else does the legislature need to be focusing on in the weeks ahead?
1: Well, the focus on the fair map question really is important. Um, under under uh, Speaker Madigan, there really was no interest in any sort of... Reform whatsoever. There was a bill last spring to create a commission that would draw up the maps, uh, that maps should be done with, uh, pub- with after public hearings. And after the maps are drawn, there should be further public hearings. The BJ and others will be pushing for that again this spring as the map ma- making goes on. In addition to addressing the state's economic problems, that map making is probably one of the key actions to be watching because it has so much impact on us uh, for years, for the next decade, literally, because the maps, the electoral maps are redrawn only once every decade.
0: Uh, so obviously uh, we'll be here each week. That's going to be a major focus in the weeks to come, but whatever the legislature's up to, whatever state government's up to, we're watching it here on Full Disclosure. David Grising, about 30 seconds left. Tell people how to reach you and the BGA the rest of the time.
1: I'm at dgreising at bettergov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at bettergov.org. And our website is bettergov.org.
0: And, of course, we're here each Wednesday morning with full disclosure with the Better Government Association here on the WMAY morning news feed. David, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week.
1: See you next week, Jim. Thank you very much.